What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What's the one purchase you made when you got the bag, when you look back and think it probably wasn't the best idea? I think every decision I made was a great idea. It was just I just learned from them. You had the uh, most but, uh, change. You had the most cars. I got an advance for twenty five thousand. I went and picked up Mike Mike Bibby, my little brother and his sister, and we spent twenty three of it in the mall. I got an eighty thousand dollar brand new BMW. And I don't even know. How, I didn't even know how much I had in the bank after that. The red light was on my bank account at the end of every summer, bro. So I couldn't wait for the first checks to come. Welcome back to another edition of What's Burning. With the playoffs right around the corner, everyone's in their final playoff push starting this Tuesday with the Phoenix Suns versus the Golden State Warriors. Phoenix has been a top five defense all season long and one of only four teams to be in the top ten on the defensive and offensive end. Uh, Golden State is holding on to that A spot securely. Uh, the Jazz are only one game ahead of Phoenix for the number one spot. So, Jack, let's talk about this, this matchup on Tuesday and potentially seeing this as a first-round matchup. Well, both teams have done great this year. Nobody expected Golden State to be in the position they're in, and nobody expected Phoenix to be able to win the West. But the matchup is kind of scary because the, the, the tempo of the game really fits Golden State. Both teams can play this tempo, but the season Steph's been having, uh, it's gonna be a, it would be a tough series for Phoenix to get out of, and I can't promise they're going to get out of it. But um, it would definitely be must-see TV. You know, I agree with everything you said, plus the experience. This is a team with, you know, Golden State's coming out of a dynasty. Although they don't have Clay right now, they still have, you know, Draymond and, and Steph, and those two alone have been able to rally the Warriors um, this far. You know, Steph's been on fire, leading the league in scoring, and this is definitely a scary matchup for Phoenix. Um, pl- uh, playoff to get head-to-head matchups between Steph and, and Chris. They're 9-9 nine and nine in the playoffs against each other. Um, I was in the front row for a lot of those matchups and, and those two, whenever they play off each other in the playoffs, it's always going to be special. So definitely looking forward to this Tuesday's game and potentially it's being a first round matchup. Next up, we got the Knicks and Lakers 
Although they have identical records, they're both heading in two different directions. The Lakers are in the seventh seed right now, which is a play-in spot, one game behind the Blazers in six. The Knicks are securely holding on to that fourth seed. Um, Jack, word is Braun might play Tuesday. We're starting to see AD come into form. Thoughts on this matchup and the Lakers moving forward, if not healthy? Well, you know, the Lakers not going to be the team that we want them to be without LeBron on the court. As Like you said, AD played well. He's starting to come back to the OAD. But a healthy team, a healthy Lakers team, a healthy team that's on the same page, has been playing together, that's the team that you want to see. Right now, you don't know what Lakers team you're going to see. And against the Knicks, yes, it'll be a good game for the Knicks to win. But we look, we're talking about the Lakers team that we want to see in the playoffs that's going to be in the West Conference Finals that possibly win the championship. That's the only way I see the Lakers team. So any, any other way that this Lakers team is built or any other lineup that they have without LeBron and AD and the full lineup, it's just not going to be right to me. Yeah. Well, I think all season long we've been saying and other people saying as long as the Lakers are healthy, they could be odds on favor to come out of the West. But let's plead devil's advocate and say they're not as healthy as they need to be. And, and LeBron is still nagged by a high ankle sprain. Um, and AD is not the normal AD. Who else do you see having a chance to come out of the West if that's the case? Ah, uh, well, I definitely see the Clippers having a chance. And I, I see if, if Phoenix uh, can can find a way not to wrestle with Golden State or deal with them in the first round and have an easy walk to their Western Conference Finals, they probably can get out of there. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's still up for grabs with them. But I, I would have to go with um, I would have to go with the Clippers right now because they have yeah. guys that, that have proven that they can take their team to the top and they have some key pieces that we know that's going to help them in the playoffs with uh, Rondo and Boogie Cousins. Absolutely. And I think the Clippers, have, I agree with you 100%. Clippers have been kind of flying under the radar. You know, Lakers have been taking all the heat this year, good and bad. Clippers have been flying on the radar. But I think my dark horse team is because they've been in the mix for the last four or five years is Portland. They're not playing mm. their best basketball right now, but they're getting everybody healthy. And we know a healthy Portland team led by Dame and CJ uh, Mello got the big fella back. Um, they could definitely be dangerous in the playoffs. So this is going to be interesting to watch um, if the Lakers aren't fully healthy headed into the playoffs. Big week ahead for both the Celtics and the Heat. Uh, the Heat were able to knock the Celtics off yesterday. They play again on Tuesday, and most likely if the Heat win again, that's going to bump the Celtics into the play-in situation. But the Heat can also climb. The, I think the Heat can climb as high as possibly four. Right now they're at six. Uh, their remaining four games are against the Celtics, the 76ers, the Bucks, and the Pistons. Jack, what do you think about this Jimmy Butler-led team? I mean, this was a team that came on late in the bubble last year and made a run to the finals. Um, Trevor Reeves has been playing great, really happy he got picked up. He's in the starting lineup now, playing really well. Thoughts on this team getting hot at the right time? Because this is what it's all about. I mean, that's that's one thing about them. They're going to be ready to play at any time. And uh, having a healthy team, guys been playing well all year. You know, I'm not really worried about seeding in the Eastern Conference with any team. Because, you know, it's, 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 you can throw any team up or put any team in a series matchup, and anybody can win in the East. I think the the only teams that really matter is is that one and two spot, you know, with uh, Philadelphia and, uh, and and Brooklyn. I really don't. I even I really don't see uh, Milwaukee being much of a problem in the playoffs, even though they've been playing well towards the end. So, mm. but I I, I just I, I I know that Miami when they show up in the playoffs with the attitude that that team comes with. You know, they can play against anybody, any round, in any seating. I, I'm not worried about them. It's just the other teams in there that that, that possibly just going to get thrown in the shuffle. Agreed. 
Um, you know, the Celtics haven't necessarily helped themselves. They've been mediocre at best up and down all season. But the one thing I give them the nod for is the experience, you know, so just mm-hmm. to be able to get in. Like you said, seeding doesn't really matter because you have teams that have been to the Eastern Conference Finals down at the bottom now. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see um, how this shakes out. But, you know, agreed, I still think the head of the class is uh, the Sixers and the Nets. But, um, you know, health is going to be very important coming into these playoffs and getting hot at the right time. And I, I think the South, or excuse me, the Heat are a perfect example of what can happen when you get hot at the right time. So it's going to be an interesting final four games for both these teams to see who secures the spot and who has to do the play-in work. But uh, it's definitely something we'll keep our eye on. Next up. The team I just spoke on uh, a little bit earlier, the Blazers, uh, man, they got hot. Won seven out of their last ten games. Uh, They faced the Rockets, Jazz, Suns, and Nuggets to round out the season. They're currently one game above the Lakers for that sixth secure playoff spot. Um, Jack, thoughts on this team? We're obviously big fans of Dame, CJ, Melo. Thoughts on this, this team being able to hold that sixth spot and what kind of damage they could do in the playoffs? But we haven't seen this team, Matt, in, what, three years. The big fella's been out. You know, guys have been in and out. We haven't seen this full team. They even made trades. So we don't even know what this whole team looked like, but we know the dynamic of the team, Melo, Dame, CJ, and Nurkic. So we know, and we know these guys can get the job done. So uh, I'm excited to see this team, man. I know I know they can really do some work and be like we were in uh, in 07 when we, when we uh, uh, upset at Dallas. I think this team can really go far in the playoffs and uh, probably the scariest team right now. Yeah, this is my sleeper team um, coming into the playoffs is is this team. And uh, I think they're the sleeper only because of what you said. This team has a a knack for being injured. Uh, But everyone getting healthy at the right time. I think that Norman Powell acquisition is going to be big for them. Um, Someone who could do it on both ends of the floor. But to me, it, it is the clock ticking on Portland because they've always been good but never good enough you know is this backcourt with Damon CJ have they has it kind of ran their has it has it ran their term do they still have more in the tank like I said obviously we're both big fans of them we we would love to see them do more but they've kind of been stuck in that second round exit you know uh, able to make it to Western Conference Finals I think once uh, what do you think about you know kind of the, the clock ticking on this backcourt and this team in particular in Portland yeah, man. I, um, we love to see it. We love we love the loyalty. You know, right. we 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 love the brotherhood and the camaraderie. But you know, it, it has to transition to winning. You know, and I know, and we both know they all want to win. Right. But sometimes certain dynamics, as much as you want it to work, it just don't work. And um, I, I, you know, I, like I said, I like how they look now. It's the first time we actually seeing a full healthy team. But uh, if this continues to go on a year or two from now, you know, you definitely have to look at making some changes. Yeah. You know, obviously we wish them the best of luck. I would like to, I, I think obviously, you know, they were at their best when the late, when the Warriors were at their best. I think the Warriors kept Houston and Portland from really shining um, during their dynasty as far as the Western Conference. So now that the, the, the Warriors aren't as dominant anymore, we got to see if, if Portland can get their shit together and get up in there and, and really make some noise. But again, I think they're going to be my sleeper team of the playoffs this year, and I'm be excited to see what they can do. To round out the week, uh, last but not least, we got the Warriors versus the Grizzlies. Most likely the winner of this game will secure the eighth seed. And Jack, you know if you secure the eighth seed, you have the pleasure of being able to lose that 7-8 play but still have an opportunity to make the playoffs when you play the 9-10 winner. So this is going to be a big game. Uh, Jaron Jackson's been about all season since he's been back. They've been 2-6, and six, struggling a little bit. 
But this team is loaded, man. I think they got seven guys averaging over 10 points a game and, and two guys right at nine. Very young and up-and-coming Memphis Grizzlies team. Uh, we know what the Warriors are. You know, this is supposed to be the season that Steph was supposed to be exposed. But all he's done is lead the league in scoring and amazed us the entire season. So thoughts on this upcoming game and who you think will secure that A spot? I got to go with Steph. Uh, I actually just seen Josh. Shout out Josh. Uh, he told me to tell you what up to him, man. I saw him in Memphis. Yes, uh, sir. A good kid. He's been playing great, man. Uh, I think what he's done for that team and the organization definitely deserves a lot of praise. But what Steph's doing right now and just his experience and, and the numbers right now, I just see them winning this game and, and getting into that playoffs. I don't – I love – I love – like I said, I love Jai. It's hard to go against from the way he's been going, but Steph is just – uh, such a game changer. Like you said, we didn't expect too much from him this year. He's overseeded all ex- expectations with this team. And uh, I think he's going to continue to do that to, to, to the, to the uh, fire runs out. You want to have the best player on the court uh, in, in all situations, but particularly in these playing situations, that Steph will be the best player on the court in any play-in game um, that comes, to be honest with you, in my opinion. And, and, and that's saying a lot. Um, I think this Memphis team is one or two years away. They got a good young core with Jackson and Morant and um, what's the kid's name from Oregon who's the shooting guard? Brooks. Brooks. Like uh, slow-mo. Shout out UCLA. They got a really nice young core. So, I, like I said, I think this team is a season or two away um, in this particular setting. I'm, I'm, I'm agree. I'm going to take the Warriors uh, because Steph is the best player on the court. He's playing well right now. Uh, Memphis isn't playing as well right now. So, like I said, this is always going to be a fun match when you get two great point guards. But I'm definitely taking Golden State in this in this, in this this game and to lock up that eighth seed, you know, allowing them the opportunity if they happen to lose in that 7-8 game to have another chance to lock that eighth spot in. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses. 
helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Next up on the radar, presented to you by DraftKings. We got odds on who's most likely to take the title this year and where some of them started at in the preseason. So right now, leading the charge, the Nets are a plus 200. They started at a plus 600 in the preseason. I think obviously adding James Harden and this team getting their chemistry together has kind of put them at the top of the chart. So they'll be interesting to watch. The Lakers are at a plus 400 dropping them down to beginning of the season. They're a plus 275. Obviously, injuries play a big key into what they're going to do and if they're going to be able to repeat. The team I really like, uh, the Clippers are at a plus 550, have been consistent throughout the year. They've stayed out of the under the radar and just been playing and, and getting their shit together. The Jazz, even though they're number one in the East, they're at a plus 700, but a drastic jump from the preseason. They're at a plus 4,000. So, that would be interesting to keep their eye on. Uh, Bucks at a plus 750. Um, like the Clippers in the Eastern Conference, they've just been under the radar, steadily d- doing what they do, playing different rotations, hopefully being prepared the most they can be in the playoffs. But we all know Giannis has to be that regular season player in the playoffs for them to make any noise. Sixers are at a plus 1,000, even though they lead the East. Suns, plus 1,400. Another drastic jump. They are a plus 4,000 in the preseason. And last but definitely not least, the Nuggets at a plus 3,500. So, Jack, you got the odds. Throwing all the odds out the window, what do you like about this list and who do you like? Well, I mean, I'll just give you – I can give you my two picks. I think the safe bet for anybody will be to go with the Nets. Uh, They're going to be healthy. We know they got some killers on that team. We know they're going to be around somewhere around hurt or not. That team going to be somewhere in the rankings. So you ain't got to worry about that one. I think if you want to take a chance and want and, and want to, you know, throw your bones out there, I think you should try with the uh, Bucks uh, because, you know, we know they haven't showed, Giannis hasn't showed to be that player that we need to see in the postseason. But he's been shooting jumpers. He's been going crazy. And the last two times he played Brooklyn, he gave him 50 almost both nights. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if if you want to gamble, I my gamble I will gamble on, on um on the Bucks and Giannis because you know anything could happen. Uh, agreed. I th- I think the Nets are the safe money. To me, at plus four hundred, Lakers are still a little bit of a scary money because everything rides on their two players. My two sleepers again out of this list. Um, I like the Bucks, but I like the Clippers, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think the NBA would want it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Bucks. 
Clippers Finals. Like I said, these Ooh. two teams have stayed under the radar, got, st- got stars on both sides playing well. Um, so it's going to be interesting run. So safe money's the Nets, man. It's hard to go against KD, Kyrie, and, and James. So if you're a betting person and you like to play it safe, there you go. It's the Nets. Next up, our favorite segment, fan questions. Let's get right into it. Miguel de Pueblo, I guess. Excuse me for butchering your name. What do you miss most? From your NBA lives as a player. Oh, man. Um, I don't miss the game too much playing-wise. I think I, my body ran out of energy for the game. Uh, I think I just missed, you know, the brotherhood, man. We yes. traveling and going out to eat. Um, you know, Taking the good it. time. Cause the best memories, yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, it's, it's not too much of playing because, you know, everybody's time runs out. And I think I got the most of the game. You know, from playing basketball out of me in my life, I just think just the things I miss most now is being around my brothers, the traveling, and all the good times yeah. we had. I completely agree. The locker rooms, the buses, the planes, uh, going out to eat. You know, there's a lot of fun shit that happens during that time, man. So that I would agree. that, that That's the one thing I definitely miss is just kicking it. You know I mean, kicking yeah. it. Like I said, the, the, the games are fun, but... It became a job at the end and a real business. But, you know, the the thing that always remained constant and fun was just spending time with your brothers, you know, on the on the downtime outside of the game. So I guess we definitely both agree on that one. Next fan question. Mia underscore point Dexter 76. Why didn't Hall of Fame players like Shaq and Kobe win more MVPs? Mm, great question. I don't know. I've always kind of wondered this, and, and and because there was times where you think, you know, Kobe could have ran off a handful of them, Shaq could have ran off a handful of them, LeBron could have ran off a handful of them. But I think, you know, when, when you leave it to these writers and these columnists that, that sometimes carry a jaded point of view about someone that can hurt them, or some of them didn't do give them a right interview, that, I mean, there's always personal feelings when it comes to voting, especially when it comes to people who who, who didn't get a chance to play. You know, so um, and they like stuff different. You know what I mean? So tough question. Great question. I don't really know the answer. They were definitely they definitely should have won. Both those guys should have won more than they have. LeBron should won more than he has. But I just kind of think that's what it is. It is what it is. Your thought. What do you think? Oh, I know exactly what it is. You have people who've never played a game of basketball in their life voting on who is the best player in the game. And it's just, that's just what it is. You, you, you got people involved in, in that decision that don't know what it's like to take a charge, don't know what it's like to shoot a three-pointer, don't even know what it's like to uh, slap the backboard on the layup, Matt. So, and, 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 it's that, and it's that drastic. It's that drastic. You know what I mean? Um, I love Steve Nash, but it's nowhere in hell if you had basketball players who actually played the game, they would have voted for him to win back-to-back MVP. I'm sorry. Especially the way Cole was playing at that time. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's no reason that Kobe and Shaq shouldn't have more MVPs. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's a it's a weird system. I don't know all the intricacies about it, but I agree. I think they somehow need to get more people who have actually played um, voting on this because when you leave it in the hands of people who haven't played all that, they do their homework and they're studying. This is no knock on the people who haven't played, but I just think like when you're voting on something, like, like you said, with all due respect to Steve Nash, the way Kobe was playing at that time, if it was up to the players or more people who had played, there's no way Steve would have won those uh, MVPs over Kobe. But, you know, obviously shout out no to way. Steve for getting, getting two no MVPs. Way. But uh, that's a good question, and who knows if they'll ever fix it. I also think, to add on to that, that it, it, it needs to be over an entire season. 
you know, because you saw Giannis win two MVPs and they get bounced in the playoffs, you know what I mean, early in the playoffs. And to me, how do you have an MVP player that you can't go to down the stretch? MVP means when the game's on the line, you're going to go to the MVP to get the job done. So I definitely think it should open up to the season, uh, excuse me, the full season, including the playoffs, because like I said, if you, your MVP should be able to lead you at least to the conference finals. Yeah, and Steve wouldn't, <laughs> Steve wouldn't, Steve wouldn't give those uh, MVPs back. But he know he wasn't better than Kobe. He wouldn't say it, <laughs> but he know he wasn't better than Kobe. Steve was a motherfucker, though, but definitely not. He was good. Kobe. Steve was great, better than me Kobe. and you, but yeah, he wasn't no. better than Kobe. The way Kobe was playing at that time, absolutely right. Next up, David Helms underscore 15. Best piece of trash talk you said or heard? <laughs> oh, man. I think, well, I, don't, I, I didn't say it so much. Uh, I'm not, I don't know what's the best thing I didn't say it because I didn't say it everything in the book. But heard, man, I remember uh, shooting a three-pointer in the corner of, um, in Utah. And I heard a fan just say something that I've never heard when I'm shooting. He said, oh, hell no. I'm like, <laughs> and, I, and like he was right in my ear. And for somebody to say that like I just always miss, it threw me all the way off. All I heard was, oh, hell no. And I hit all the side of the backboard. I turned around. I'm like, <laughs> that, that, it threw me all the way off. That was good defense. Great D. Yeah, like you said, man, we didn't play the game so long. Heard a lot of crazy shit. I remember one thing that actually happened off the court, I mean, because I've been fine for talking to fans and all that kind of shit. Um, but I think one thing I heard, and, and I won't reveal the, the the superstar's name, but I remember when I played in Philly, <laughs> one, here goes a little Mo Cheeks story. One person told Mo Cheeks, <laughs> just because you wear a motherfucking suit doesn't make you the coach. And I'm thinking like, yo, this is how motherfuckers are talking to coaches these days. And then another situation was between when I played for the Clippers, me and Floyd Mayweather got into it because he was a Clipper fan the whole season. And then LeBron came to the Cavs, and this nigga had his pom-poms out for the Cavs. I'm like, bro, you're at every one of our games cheering for us, and now you just dick riding the Cavs. So me and him went back and forth on some some crazy X-rated, can't-be-said type shit. But that was fun. But I think trash talking is what makes the game dope. And I think, unfortunately, I think we kind of caught the last of being able to at least say a little bit because we couldn't even say much. But back in the day, they used to really jaw and go back and forth. And now the game is so soft and, and the refs are so fucking weak that you can't really say or do anything without getting a T or getting fined. So I, I think the days of trash talking are behind us, unfortunately. But, they, Matt, this is what I understand. They won't let you trash talk. But somebody get dunked on, you let the whole bench run on the court in front of the referees and all that. You know what I mean? Like, they, they be contradicting themselves so much, yeah. bro. I think uh, Jimmy and uh, Jimmy and, 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 and Kat got into it uh, just the other day, I think. And, and Jimmy says some slick shit to him. So, yeah. I, it, yeah. it's, it's still there every once in a while. But I just think as far as on a consistent note, you know, trash talking is kind of a thing of the past. KG was one of the great trash talkers in the history of the game that motherfucker would say anything anytime anywhere yep i loved it next fan question at kane two times which team in the playing spot do you think can steal the play a playoff spot golden state i think we talked about them earlier anytime you have probably the person that's going to lead the league in scoring is steph curry um draymond's expertise on both ends of the floor and just their experience not saying that they're going to go crazy and then make a, some unprecedented run. But I could definitely see them messing around and securing a spot and winning a first-round matchup, whether it be against Utah, 
or Phoenix. Maybe we could be dead off and Utah and Phoenix end up beating the shit out of them. But I just don't see it. Like I said, I think the way Steph plays, you said early alone, Steph can get you a couple games all by himself. So they get Oubre and Wiggins back, everybody healthy, everyone on the same page. The Warriors are going to be, this is the one year that, you know, an eight beating a one or a seven uh, beating a two isn't that crazy. I definitely agree. You said, I mean, you said everything that I would say. Got to go with Golden State. I would never go against Steph again like I went against him when he got drafted. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going with Steph. Next question coming from Jordan Griffin 07. What's the one purchase you made when you got the bag when you look back and think it probably wasn't the best idea? (laughs) Oh, man, let's see. Well, I think every decision I made was a great idea. It was just I just learned from them. Uh, Bro, you but, had uh, the most. You had the. You had the. You had the most change. You had the most cars. No, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you though. My first uh, when I first got drafted, uh, Phoenix drafted me and uh, guaranteed me uh, two hundred fifty thousand. And uh, I got a check. I got an advance for twenty five thousand. I went and picked up my, Mike Bibby, my little brother and his sister, and we spent twenty three of it in the mall. Clothes, <laughs> all new Air Max. Oh yeah, now ask Mike. Air Max, all the new Jabos, Polo. We bought everything in the mall. And I spent. My mom was like, "What do you think?" I was like, "I got more money coming in. I got two thousand left. You know, I thought I was good, but I had all the clothes in the world. <laughs> that was the I dumbest think, thing ever. I think mine was." Uh... I got called up to play for the Clippers and got two 10 days, ended up making the team. And I got like my first two paychecks and went and bought like an $80,000 brand new BMW. And I don't even know, I even know how much I had in the bank after that shit. It was probably just to be able to pay for gas after that. But you know what I mean? When you, when you don't have shit and that first money comes, like you said, you always think you got more coming when who knows if you really got more coming. So Right. Yeah, I mean, I probably say really because, like I said, I didn't really get no money until I got in into the game. So I probably say like my first three, four, or five seasons, my bank account was on red at the end of every oh, summer. You and me both. Yeah, the end of every summer bank account, the the, the red light was on my bank account at the end of every summer, bro. So I couldn't <laughs> wait for the first checks to come. <laughs> but you got to think like that's back then. Like we didn't talk about financial literacy back then. Like that wasn't that wasn't something that was a common conversation like it is now and they weren't really checking for our money and really that kind of attention on saving and investing and planning. That shit was we were trying to live like the rappers at that time. Cars, jewelry, this this and that. It wasn't really no talking about saving at that time. So Right. At least we made it out with some money. Right. Next fan question. One take doc are titles as important as the media and the majority of the fans make it seem? Or does sustain greatness slash Hall of Fame trump titles? Um, I think the later. I, I, I think sustained greatness um, trumps titles, but I think we live in an era of a ring, and if you don't win a ring, you ain't shit for some reason. Um, and I think the titles count more now is because superstars are moving around before. If you were a superstar, you just had a good team, you stayed on the team, and if you didn't win, you didn't win. Um, I think with more now the star players moving around, I think they're starting to count rings more because guys are building super teams. But then at the same time, they want to discredit you when you win with the super team. So um, there's been a lot of great players who didn't win rings. And I don't think that should obviously tarnish to me. I don't think it should tarnish uh, a body of work um, that was Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, to me, I just think, you know, the greatest players, the best players are winners. That's just how I look at it. 
You know what I mean? When when you the when you the best player, when you the greatest, when you dominate your whole career, you win. Shaq won, Kobe won, Tim Duncan won, Jordan won, LeBron won, Magic won. You know what I mean? Then you got your superstars like Ray Allen and guys who had to go to teams to get championships. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm not saying Ray wasn't great, but he wasn't Kobe. He wasn't Shaq. He wasn't Jordan. You know what I mean? But he still was a superstar in his time. So that's what separates it to me, man. You got guys that carry guys to championships and that are, are, and that, that are that just damn good. You know what I mean? That they bringing their team to winning and they winning. But you, you got people that's good at basketball, they just not winners. So what would you say to like Barkley never getting one or Carmelo? Yeah, Barkley's not a Barkley's not a winner. He's a great basketball player. He's just not a winner. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best we've ever seen play the game. He's just mm-hmm. not a winner. And mm-hmm. I mean that's not a knock on him. It's just that's what it says on his career. <laughs> he hasn't won. So he's not a winner. And I mean, I, I, that's just how I look at it. the great players, the ones that are supposed to be talked about as the top ten players. They took their organization, their team to multiple championships. You know what I mean? And and that's just what it is with me. I ain't mad at it. Next up, Divine underscore Onye. One player you would like to see win a ring this year? Good question. I would like to see James Harden win a ring. Ooh. Um, perfect example because I I had him as my him and Kyrie as in my MVP votes. The way James was playing before his hamstring injury, what he, how he could just popped up in Brooklyn with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and still averaging a triple-double with 20 points, it, it just blew my mind. And um, if I want to see anybody win the championship, you know, even though I had certain things to say about James beginning, it wasn't personal about his basketball plan. I just felt, you know, I wanted, I wanted Steve Silas to look good, and I knew James can make him look good with the, mm-hmm. with, with the way he played basketball and has, as good as he is. But if I want to see anybody win a ring right now, it would definitely be James Hart. That's a good call, and I think he has the best odds on a superstar that hasn't won to get one. Uh, my two would be Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook. And obviously, I think Russell is a lot further away from than Chris, but just the way mm-hmm. Russ plays uh, day in, day out, we're obviously going to touch on him at the end of the show, his greatness and what he's been able to accomplish. And then CP, you know, one of the greatest floor leaders we've ever seen play this game. A guy that goes and wins everywhere, but just hasn't been able to get over the hump. Um, you know, has his team right in the mix this year. So uh, those will probably be my two. But I think James was a great call, too. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This Thursday, May 13th, one of the interviews you guys have all been asking for for a long time. Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero. Enjoy the teaser. In your prime in, in D.C., you got a lot of memorable matchups. Young LeBron, A.I., Cole, J-Kid, to name a few. What one out of those that stand out to you the most or individually? Um, my, hardest, my hardest matchup was J-Kid because you got to remember, he's 6'4", all of 220. You know what I mean? So I couldn't, I couldn't bully through him, and I, my speed, he neutralized it because he was just he's as fast, fast but, yeah. but he was quick. So when mm-hmm. I got to take off, he can get to that spot before I, I, I gained. So when I played against Jay Kidd, it had to, I had to really actually think. I mean, I, I scored 30, but it was one of those 10 for 21 type games. It was never, I never just dominated, mm-hmm. you know, um, Jay Kidd. Um, it was, it was, he, he gave me a run for my money all the time. AI, lucky me, I never actually had to really guard him like that because he was, he was sitting at the two. So for those years, it was either, uh, Larry, who was guarding him, or Deshaun? I'm on his highlight tape. Oh, you is? Yep. <laughs> I mean, I was on his highlight tape, but I was the dude that, like, th- threw my hand in there like I was fake helping, and, like, drop, drop, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it was, one, of, it was one of those. It was one of those. Because for some reason, if you had on that number three, mm, mm, like, I, I, w- I was in games where I'm guarding him, and he just in chill mode. Sub, mm, and he looked, and that threes on that jersey. Ooh. Oh, he took offense to it. Oh, he yeah. took offense. Oh, he took offense. He gave him 40, 40 in, in that, 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 30, that 30 seconds if he could. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was one of the hardest work, hardest playing, you know, players that I've went against. Steve Nash was hard, too, because mm-hmm. he did 100 pick and rolls, and he's mm-hmm. coming one speed. Tony Parker mm-hmm. was yes. a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, that system, that, that, that system was, you know, it was, it was one of those, like, I got to go to sleep early tonight because you thinking, you know, defensively, they always, they don't make mistakes. Offensively, they're going to they gonna get the best shot. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going against San Antonio, you're like, you're playing a perfect game. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, 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 it's a perfect game. You, you mm-hmm. don't got room for, you know, failure against them because they're going to they gonna, they gonna, they gonna cut your legs off every time you do something. December 06, Staples Center, you against Kobe. You dropped 60 in the overtime game. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. Oh, that was that. that you know, that was a buildup. Um, before that game, I was averaging like 33 against the Lakers. You know, you grow up watching them. That you know that you know that game. Home, that's just that's, that's your team. Up. You don't give a fuck what they do. That team you own. And mentally, like even my rookie year, I played them. I had 14 in five minutes. It was just one of those teams that I just got up for. It's just watching. You know, Kobe's training, you know, um, before games, how he trained. Him watching me there every single time we played him, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, I'm there, mm. you know, waiting for you to finish. And Early then, I'm, you know, I'm going. So 
we already had our shoot, and I remember I remember sitting there and like, man, that I'm 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 giving him all the kudos. It was funny before the game. We're sitting there. He's going because this is the second time working out before the game. So he already worked out once. This is the second time working out. And I was like, man, that man just unstoppable, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing his coaching hacking on him. And he's still putting them shots up. And then you know he he said it. He said it as soon as jump ball started. Hey, I'm gonna shut down Gill. That's he said. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna shut down Gill. Smush, you go there. We're gonna go one for a flat. If he guards me, I'm going one for a flat. That's how we go do this. We go one for a flat. We go. We just gonna shut this shit down right now. So that was already the the, the mode of the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm already. So I'm in attack mode. So I'm in attack mode. I'm like, we get it. Smush comes. I I'm just going. Like just yeah. in case. So when Kobe tried to get me, I'm already on some mm, some fire. Me. And that's you know that's how it it was. It was just. Mm. That's tough. Once you got going, it was over. And once I got going, it was it was really nothing he was going to do. Yeah. You know, because I, I mean, you know, studying a defensive player, I knew I couldn't do the same thing twice against him. You know, so if I hit him with a crossover, I knew I couldn't hit him with the same crossover coming down. So I always had to be, you know, quick pull up. You know, I'm not going to play around with you. You know, mm-hmm. you're a great defensive player. I'm not playing around with you. Like, I'm just going to just get to the yams. I'm just go, just straight line, straight line, shoot it up. I don't. You know, I'm not gonna sit there and bait because that that just feeds Plays into you know a good defensive guy is gonna play to your rhythm. He's gonna right. he's gonna pick that shit up, and I'm sitting here like I'm just gonna go quick shot three. Let's go. Let's you know, and that's that's one of them nights. Yeah, one of them nights. Winding down the show with quick hitters. Uh, first up, Jack. Shout out Russell Westbrook, uh, who tied Oscar Robinson with 181 triple doubles. Has four games to go this season starting tonight. To become the all-time triple-double king. Thoughts on this accomplishment? Not surprised. The way you get triple-doubles is just like uh, opening a bag of grapes and picking a grape out of the bucket. I mean, it's that, it's that easy. He get triple-doubles so easy, man. I knew he was going to break his record. I knew this day was coming. I'm just so proud of him because nobody has dealt with more slander and more judgment than, than basketball than Russell Westbrook. You know, people say all type of stuff about him, but they couldn't walk a day in his shoes. They couldn't even nope. muster or couldn't even buy the energy and and the passion that he plays with uh, night by night. So I salute Russ, man. I'm proud of him. And uh, he's definitely going down as probably the, well, I can't say the best, best point guard of all time, but probably the most athletic point guard and the most all-around dominant point guard ever. Exp- explosive, yeah. Uh, one, th- You know, Russ is someone who's been knocked. Uh, you know, one thing you or I consider here is a great teammate. But another thing, too, is I think that he has made the triple-double look so easy that, people don't appreciate it no more. And triple-doubles right. are easy to get. If you look at the history of the game, how many people have played, triple-doubles are hard, very yeah. hard to get. And he makes it look easy, and I think that's how it's kind of almost watered down the accomplishment. But, man, tremendous accomplishment. Um, just love Russ, man. I, someone I would take the war 10 out of 10 times. Right. Um, someone who leaves it out there every single night. Um, so it's obviously a tremendous honor for him. So salute uh, Russ. I think it's a it's a no brainer that within the next four games he'll probably get shit two or three, if not four triple doubles to become the all time leading triple double king. So again, man, shout out Russ uh, right, on Russ. this great run, great career, and we know you still got more left though, bro. So keep pushing. Next up, Carmelo Anthony passes Elvin Hayes for tenth on the all time scoring list, and is only seventy two points behind the great Moses Malone. Rest in peace. So, I don't know if Melo will get it uh, this year. He needs to average 18 in the next four. 
uh, to possibly get that with Melo. That's definitely not out of the question. But if he doesn't get it this year, he'll for sure get it next year. To think this dude was sitting out with the league thinking he wasn't. I don't know what the fuck the league was thinking, to be honest for you. We were big advocates for him. We still need to get him on the show. But the fact that he's been able to reinvent himself in his second act um, and do what he's done in Portland, helping that team on and off the court, and now the top 10 scorer of all time and will most likely finish between top nine or top eight or nine scorer of all time. Talk to us about this accomplishment and, and, and Melo's greatness. Well, I'm not surprised. He's been one of the best scorers since he stepped foot in the league. And that's one thing he does well is put up buckets. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a walking bucket. I mean, we talked about earlier about guys we like to see with a ring. Well, Melo's one of those guys, too. You know, I would love Absolutely. to see Melo get a championship, man. I, I know it's kind of far-fetched with the way they've been playing and how they've been playing. But um, I think for the most part, man, him scoring and him being at the top in the top ten is something that he envisioned. It's something that we we saw that was pos- that possibly could happen. You know, as soon as he stepped in the league, like I said, he's a walking bucket. So, uh, congrats to Melo, man, and keep going, bro. Yeah, definitely. Shout out Melo. Uh, still need you on the show. We're gonna definitely lock you down in this off season. But tremendous accomplishment, man, and, and I'm glad you've been able to reinvent your second act and be successful at it. Next up, Steph Curry and Bradley Beal going back and forth for this year's scoring title. Steph is currently sitting at 31.9. Brad Beal is certainly sitting at 31.4. Brad dropped 50 the other night. Steph said he knew that and came and dropped a 49-piece in only three quarters uh, to, to, to keep his lead this has been one of the, you know, one of one of the better scoring battles. Obviously, there's been some historic runs. I think David Robinson had to drop a 72 one time to win the scoring title. But I think this will definitely go down to the wire between uh, Steph and Brad. And again, happy for both these guys, but particularly Steph because there's been a lot of slanders. Greatest he's been throughout his career is, oh, he's had this team, he's had that team. He can't do this, he can't do that. Well, this is the one year he showed. And I, you remember, I said this at the beginning of the season. We're going to see Steph Curry's version of James Harden this year. And uh, mm-hmm. Steph definitely hasn't disappointed. Shot the shit out of the ball. Uh, Brad's been playing great too. But thought on uh, thoughts on this uh, scoring title coming down to the end? Man, it's hard, man. It's hard because these are two walking buckets. Uh, Steph has been Steph is carrying his team. I think coming down the end, he might get more shot attempts than Bradley Bill. But you never know because Bradley, you know. Um, him and Russ been playing well together. You know, even though yes. Russ been averaging triple doubles, he's been making sure that Bradley Bill gets his attempts to win mm-hmm. this thing too. So, um, I, I'm gonna stay out of this one. I'm gonna stay out of this one, man. I, I, I think both both of my little bros have a chance to win it, and I wish them both the best. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's entertaining uh, and just beautiful to see. I mean, just the way the, how pure of score these guys are is, is special, man. Last but not least, 20 years ago this week, we had a legendary battle between two former guests, Vince Carter and Allen Iverson. Uh, Both dropped 50 in the series. AI ended up averaging 34. Vince averaged 30. 76ers going to beat him. I think think this is the, the, the series where Vince graduated and came back and all that whole bullshit that people said he shouldn't have left and should have stayed focused but you know like Vince said it was one shot away from making it and him being a hero that graduated and took his team to the next round and instead they wanted to he missed the shot and they talked shit but anyway man two great hall of fame players I remember that 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 series like it was yesterday and uh man 20 years ago this week so crazy 
Yeah, man, it was it was it was something that we, we always remember, something that we would mind going back and watching. I mean, anytime you get a duel like that, two greats like that, man, it's definitely must see TV. But you know, I was uh, I was always glued when AI was on TV anyway, just to see what mm -hmm. he was going to do. You know what I mean? The passion he was going to play, what obstacle he was going to overcome this time. And seeing him and Vince battle, you know, Vince making all these amazing plays and being half man, half amazing. I think everybody in the world was watching that game. But it was, you know, that's, that's history in the making, man. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people want to talk about LeBron took teams to finals that had no business being in the finals with all due respect to his teammates. You look at the roster Allen Iverson had this season, and he took them to the finals and had the only blemish on the Lakers, the, the Lakers record because they stole game one in L.A. or the Lakers would have went 16-0 in the playoffs. Allen Iverson's team had no business being in the finals that year, and I say that respectfully, but it was just the heart of AI that got them all the way through into the finals and, and was able to get them game one, the stole game one. Yep. So after plenty of delays, the 2020 Hall of Fame class will finally be inducted this Saturday. Headliners, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and our brother Kobe Bryant. Um, some are saying this is the greatest Hall of Fame class in the history of basketball. Uh, we want to wish all of the people the best of luck. Congratulate them. And uh, again, obviously, we spoke about this. It'll be sad because I was really looking forward to hearing uh, Kobe's speech because I'm sure it would have been well thought of and, and, and articulated and it would have been a speech that we always remember. So um, anyway, man, hope you guys enjoy it. Congrats to all the uh, inductees. We've had a few of them on the show, Jack. We need to get Tim Duncan on the show, man. We need to make that homeboy call, that OG call, your paintballing, your paintballing uh, buddy. I'll try it. I'll try it. Well, that's a wrap. You can find What's Burning every Monday on Showtime Basketball YouTube. And on Twitter and Instagram at Show Basketball. See y'all next week. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.